The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 102 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I am joined as always by my co-host in a bubble in L.A., Zandrick Ellison. Zan, how are you? Doing good. Um, we've been off for a couple of weeks. So are you back and recharged or are you still, you know, focused full time on Jersey Shore? Well, Jersey Shore RIP. It shows probably done. It's really sad. If you guys didn't watch Angelina's wedding, a lot of big meltdown. This was a couple months ago, but it's been in the news. People in, in the Hollywood sphere, like my good buddy Zandrick, they follow it very closely. But I would say I'm pretty recharged. You know, baseball started uh, last Thursday basketball is starting on this coming Thursday. It it is Monday. We're going to do Mondays from now on in terms of episodes and kind of do weekly recaps, but basketball starts Thursday. There have been scrimmages, Zandrick. We know that we're going to get some hockey pretty soon. Have you, speaking of basketball, since that's our primary focus, um, have you watched the scrimmages? Like, have you, like, if you tuned in to like watch it live or have you just watched some highlights or what? I can't say that I've watched anything live. I have watched some film on a couple guys. I did see Twitter ablaze the other day. I think it was Wednesday. Am I right, Zan? With mm-hmm. the uh, with Bull Bull's performance, which I, I didn't truly understand. I, I thought maybe people were so excited to get basketball back. They were like, oh my gosh, there's really seven two people that can like play basketball with some level of skill. And, and I kind of thought that was bad. But I watched a little bit of the Sixers on Friday. And, I was, and Ben Simmons jacking up threes. I was impressed to see. The I mean, that's, Ray Allen. that's the biggest deal, right, with Ben Simmons. If all of a sudden this is, okay, let's wildly speculate before we actually get into what we're going to talk about. But, like, what is a bigger thing that could shift, like, the focus of the bubble or shift, like, the balance of power than if Ben Simmons all of a sudden is, like, a 30% three-point shooter? I guess. I, I never really bought into the fa- the idea. You're a huge Ben Simmons fan. We could talk Love about him. just how big of a fan you anyway, are. You think he could be a top 10 player. We were texting about that in a different circumstance and maybe, you know, as the focus of a team. Um, I don't necessarily think he needs to be a 30% or jacking up threes at a 30% clip. It's still not like efficient offense. I, I don't think it. he's still effective scoring, even with the lack of, you know, respect that defenders give him. He's not effective scoring, though. What are you talking about? Like, he was totally marginalized in last year's playoffs against Toronto. Like, that can happen again, and then he's not effective. Like, you just want that guy in the dunker spot all the time? It doesn't make sense. Well, I would say this. It it, it doesn't help that they have, like, you know, a 300-pound Joel Embiid in there, too. I I think if he was in a circumstance like... If he was playing like the Giannis role in Milwaukee, he could be like a a light version of that and I think be more effective scoring inside. Yeah, I wonder, honestly, if like light version is kind of selling him short because like the Bucks, you know, for all the things that I've always criticized Jason Kidd for, and I have criticized him for a lot of things, like he recognized Giannis's basketball IQ like very early on and played him some at point guard, but they didn't really do this thing like the Sixers have done with Ben Simmons where they've kind of jerked him back and forth and been like, all right, he's going to be the point guard. No, he's going to be the four, but he's still going to be a primary ball hitter. They just kind of were like, all right, we're going to give the ball to Giannis, see what happens, see if he can create. And I think, I wonder if like Ben Simmons had been drafted into a similar situation. And this isn't even to get into the Joel Embiid thing, but had drafted into a similar situation, would we see kind of some more growth than we've seen so far? Because, you know, Simmons is probably one of the top five most impactful defenders in the league right now. Giannis, I think, is the same level. And obviously, like Giannis is just a 30-point-per-game scorer all of a sudden and a, and a little bit of a better rebounder and also has some ability to shoot. We'll see if that kind of translates over into this year's playoffs because I do think we're going to have to see him make some shots. But, like, why can't Giannis – why can't Ben Simmons be the same as Giannis? Like, are they that different of players in your opinion, Zan? That's what I meant, like, because I, I think Giannis is just bigger, you know, so I think he can – you know, be more of a rim protector. He could he could be a little more impactful as like a help defender. Um, 
and he could, I think he can score. I, I'm just looking it up. Like Ben Simmons still scores well. I mean, inside you, you think he doesn't, but you know, he's 60% true shooting. I mean, like, I, this is the guy who's like scoring efficiently and this is a limited, you know, um, output, I guess, or limited volume. I wouldn't say that he's not a good scorer. I guess that's an unfair thing to say. It's just that like, it's, it's weird, right? Like we don't seem to consider guys like Giannis or LeBron or, or Ben Simmons types, like great scores. Right. But then you look up and like, LeBron has 30, Giannis has 30 in like big games. And it's just weird because of the way they score, you know, it's not the same as, you know, a Kobe or a Michael Jordan or a James Harden, you know, your all time great, like considered Carmelo Anthony, like considered scorers. And, but you're right. Like I, I would expect a guy like Ben Simmons, if he had, you know, a better pick and roll partner, a little bit more space, like I would expect him to be able in this kind of NBA to be a 25 point per game scorer. And, and honestly, like, or even relatively like, like easily. Yeah, I agree. And and like turn talk about scoring inside, like Giannis is a different level. I mean, it just it's how a, like it's a yeah. joke. Like I'm it's just looking joke. it up. He sh- he shoots seventy seven percent around like the rim from zero to three. But Simmons isn't too far off seventy two percent. So he, I think he can be a light version. And I think you would say this as a coach. This is maybe why you like Ben Simmons more than most. Like Giannis is gets a lot of triple doubles and. Um, he averaged what, like five assists a game, maybe? Let me check it out. Six assists a game this year. But like he, his, in terms of his passing and his vision, I think Ben Simmons is better, don't you think? I mean, maybe not now. I, I would say as like players when they were coming up, like I absolutely thought they were better, that Ben Simmons was better. Like I, Ben Simmons is super gifted. Like I never thought he was LeBron, but like similar passing ability, maybe a little better than like a Lamar Odom type. But like Giannis has shown the ability to do that maybe with a little less flash like there's not as many like look away passes and there's he doesn't start breaks kind of the same way he's better in transition with the ball in his hands getting to the rim but like see i I don't look at him as a great passer i think i look at him getting assists more like Shaq got assists and Shaq was a good passer too but for a big guy but it's just like you draw so much attention that yeah. guys are going to be open. And, yeah. and you should like even like a mediocre passer could get five assists a game doing it. And, and, you know, it's funny. Like, I'm not saying that, like, if you took Ben Simmons and you put him in Milwaukee, like if you just flip flops, then the roles are reversed. I certainly think Giannis would be better in Philadelphia. And I think Ben Simmons would be a little would be worse in Milwaukee. But I do think a lot of credit should go to Giannis being in a really great situation for him. And, and again, it, it still may not be enough. Like, it's 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 very possible that like. I don't know what the ceiling on Giannis is, Zan. Like, it's incredible. Like, he's going to win MVP. We saw that, you know, I don't even know when this announcement was made, but they they basically said that these bubble games don't count towards awards. So, LeBron, sorry, buddy, you're going to finish second. Giannis is going to win MVP again, back-to-back MVPs. And, like, it feels like he is still playing, like, 28 minutes a game. So, like, <laughs> They said I'm that, probably- but somebody pointed out the stat. Lou Williams, who might win six-man Probably not, but he, he's in contention. He plays more minutes than the potential MVP. That's crazy. It's yeah. it's just crazy. And so, like, it's funny. We started talking about Ben Simmons because he was one of the guys that I was going to say. Kind of what we wanted to do was talk about some things that we're excited for and some things that we're not excited for, you know, opening Thursday night. And yeah, and uh, Ben Simmons was one of the things I was excited for because, as I've said before with the Sixers, and obviously I'm living in Pennsylvania now, so the coverage is a little over the top, but – I am excited to see, you know, Embiid is at full strength, presumably. You know, he ran right into a referee and tripped over him uh, on on Friday. So it was actually kind of funny. It would have been amazing if he just got hurt there just because that's classic Joel Embiid. But, you know, Embiid's rested and healthy and Simmons is rested and healthy. And they've gotten some time to kind of like figure it out on in the offseason. And it'll be really interesting to see if all of a sudden like Ben Simmons takes a little bit more of a jump, like then the Sixers are a threat. And I've said to you before that I don't no, think they're a threat, I, you know? I, I don't I don't agree with most of this. I, I agree with some of this. Um this is what I think. Ben you know, you you've been around NBA players. Like DeAndre Jordan could probably hit threes in practice, right? I mean, like, yes. they're pretty skilled if you give I, them open shots. Let me hold um, on real quick before you berate me. I do not think Ben Simmons is going to – like, if you told me to bet right. the over-under on threes, even, like, attempted for Ben Simmons in this bubble experiment, I would bet less than 10. And that might even be high. Right. No, I agree with that. I don't, I don't think – even if, if he adds that element of the game, he's not going to do it in the middle of a season, even if this is a weird season. And I don't think him going, you know, one for four on three every night is going to really change their chances that much. Um, I got a question for you. I got a question for you, real quick. But I was just going to say this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say the bigger difference, I think they're not going to win the title because Ben Simmons gets hot from three or starts shooting a lot of threes. 
I think they could win the title or come close because I think they realize that like, hey, this lineup's not really working. Let's give look in the mirror. We've had this extended time to do that. And like it might sound silly, but like Shake Milton's a good shooter. Like maybe he makes more sense in the starting lineup. And and maybe if we play more like Milwaukee in terms of our lineup, Simmons can play more like Giannis, and that would make them a lot more effective given how good they are on defense. I think they could be the second best team in the East if they if they play yeah. a little bit differently. And like they announced that Ben Simmons was going to play the four and everyone was all excited about it, but that really doesn't change his role all that much. That just means a different player is going to play with him. So instead of like Al Horford and Embiid and Simmons – probably Embiid and Simmons and then like you said Shake Milton Josh Richardson Tobias Harris <laughs> that's one of my pet peeves like so like Shake Milton might start and they're like oh they're gonna move Ben Simmons to power forward I'm like Shake Milton's not a real point guard no, it, I mean he's never they, gonna have the ball you know people in the media who do this all the time it's very annoying like when they just nominally assign positions to guys like at, at a certain point you know I, I think the analytics community has just accepted behind the scenes that like they treat guys as very different than your classic positions. Right. And we've talked about this on the show before, but they don't treat guys as point guard, shooting guards, wing, like small forward, power forward center. Like those positions just don't exist anymore in smart front offices. So like Simmons is just maybe, maybe like a jumbo creator is what they might call him. But like everyone in the media is like, I told you Ben Simmons is a power forward. Like everybody who said he's a point guard, like they're wrong. I'm right. And it's like, are you watching basketball guys? Like he's still going to use 30% of possessions. Like he's still going to like be their leading assist guy. Like he's yeah, still it, it makes you it's wonder just, it's just like crazy. the LeBron to point guard. We've complained about offensively. LeBron's playing a very similar role to what he's always done. Defensively, yeah. he's playing a very similar role, but they like fed the media. this like, he's playing point guard now. And he's passing a little bit more because it's harder for him, a little bit harder for him to get to the rim. Yeah. It's a little bit harder for him to get fouled. Like, and Anthony Davis is good, so you might as well pass to him as opposed to like Kyle Kuzma. It's, um, it's like incredible, right, Zam? Like he hasn't his his statistical profile has basically aged correctly for how he is as a player. So like, there's been slight declines in terms of scoring and athletic ability, and his basketball IQ is still through the freaking roof. So he's still able to be good. And it's like we didn't expect this guy to be like jumping out of the gym at age 35. Like it's amazing. He still does that stuff sometimes, but like but it, show, it does show you like you ask questions. Does the media watch games? Cause it's like, literally they just parrot like what their friends told them. It's like a game of telephone. Like, Oh my God, like Rich Paul told me he's playing point guard. I'm going to write that he's playing point guard now. And then guys like, parrot they, their own takes over and over again. Like, uh, just because like, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. Right. Like, <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Do you have any idea if you, Ben Simmons has 10 heaves in his career, right? So like heaving toward like long distance. Launches. Yeah, correct. Do you have any idea how many real threes Ben Simmons has shot in three I, years? I looked it up just recently, but it's like 10 or something. Yeah, 13. He's got 23 threes in total and 10 of them are heaves at the end of halves or quarters. So 13. So under 10, it might be under three. Like I might've set that over under way too high for how many he shoots, but I think he'll shoot some. I, I really See, do. I, I hope he doesn't go too far with it. I don't mind I him shooting 30% on like one or two threes a game. But like, I, I think some guys like Embiid have gotten a little too three point happy. And if you're just going to, if you're taking like a seven foot guy, who's really good at making him a mediocre three point shooter. I just, I don't really see the value of that. Yeah. It's but, weird. Like it, it's very odd. Like with Embiid, cause I, I saw a thread from uh, Joseph Gill, who's an analytics guy who was talking about how bad Embiid is as a pick and roll big. And, like, you'd think he'd be so good because he's just, like, so hard to stop. And there are games when, like, he does get tons of dunks and stuff, but he's actually, like, one of the worst pick-and-roll bigs in the league because he doesn't really set screens hard. He pops way too much. He's not amazing in traffic. Like, he wants to waste time with the ball. And it's, like, again, it's the kind of this square peg round hole with these two guys. And I'm excited for the Sixers mainly because, like, we've talked about, like, this could be their last stand. Like, this really could be this iteration of the Sixers' last go-around at it. And if they – spectacularly flame out. I'm not saying they will trade Embiid or they will trade Simmons, but like what if they lose in the first rounds and, and then like we know Embiid's unhappy and we know Simmons is unhappy. And I don't know that I'm just speculating that a first round loss would cause that. Like, then what do we see? And that's where like, that's why it's amazing that like, we're going to see a two and a half month bubble impact absolutely so much for this off season and next season. I agree in, uh, in some way, like you wanted to start the show kind of talking about what you're excited about. And we like naturally gravitate toward Philly. And I agree, like that's going to be the one of the most interesting storylines just because we're not sure what to expect. And it feels like a lot of teams in the East, like 
are kind of just folding, you know, like yeah. it hasn't even started yet. The, pace, like in the Pacers. Yeah, Pacers. Yeah. And Brooklyn, like they're just like, you know, we're not going to really try that hard. Dude. And Orlando's not competitive. So Brooklyn, Brooklyn's roster is like, I don't even know if Brooklyn has five guys playing in the bubble that were on their opening day roster. It's incredible. Their roster is so like just barren of players because of coronavirus. It's amazing. Yeah, and but I I don't know if we're gonna see this sort of shakeups afterwards, just because there's such a built-in excuse like, oh, we were playing in the bubble, that wasn't real. Um, it's gonna feel like a bad dream or something if Philadelphia like gets swept in the first round. I, and they might not have as much time in the off season to make a coaching change. So yeah, I think that helps. But I think in a normal circumstance, if this season played out normally and Philadelphia lost badly in the first round, I think they, I think you're right. There'd be a major shakeup. So what I kind of dominated the conversation as usual and pushed it towards Philly because that was just kind of top of mind because they played in a scrimmage on Friday and I watched a little bit of it. But what's one other what's something that you're like pretty excited about? No, I, I agree with you it? on Philly. I mean, like, I think the, the wild cards, like sort of the X factors would be Philly in the East. And I think we have to say Houston in the West because like they're going full small ball. Harden, you know, look, he's has, I was looking at his ISO numbers the other day. Like they're just off the charts. Like he just might be unstoppable, especially in this kind of environment. If, if defenses are just like a little lethargic, you know, yeah. and he could still get to the line. If they get lazy, he gets hacked. He gets to the line 15, 20 times the game or something. It'll be interesting it's to see how possible. official. And It'll- I think they're in the same boat too in the like, it's sort of like the S or get off the pot team. You know, it's like they've tried a lot. If they bomb out in the first round, can you just roll it back next year? I don't think so. Yeah, it's tough. Like, I don't know if you can – like, I don't know if Mike D'Antoni will be there. I don't know if Daryl Morey will be there. It's it's a really interesting situation with Houston. Harden, they, they played on Friday as well. Harden, I think he had 24 points on like – I think he shot like 15 shots or whatever. So pretty pretty classic. Six of 15, nine of 10 from the foul line. He played 25 minutes against Toronto. If, if Harden just like leads the team to a title – and people dismiss it based on the corona. Are you going to flip out? Are you going to go on gonna murder straight? Ups- I'm going to be upset. That's one of the things that I'm least excited for is like if LeBron, if the Lakers, excuse me, or the Clippers win a title, I'm fairly certain that it'll be universally accepted because I think people universally accept LeBron in his role. And then I think pe- most educated NBA fans, I think, not to be like uh, negative on people who are casuals, but I think most people assume like, oh, Kawhi Leonard, we know he's good. And the Clippers, we know they're good, right? I think any other team that wins, it's going to be like the asterisk title that we talked about. And like, that's annoying to me because like, if we're really going to do this, right, like if we're really going to have this bubble and guys are going to play and it looks like it's going to happen, it's, they had no positive tests the other day, even though some guys are going in and out of the bubble. Zion's now back in the bubble and quarantining to be able to play Thursday night. But like, I think those are the only two teams that are going to be able to win. And like, and even like the Clippers a little bit, I think people will be like, yeah, you know, like it's kind of weird. They weren't playing great when the season stopped and now it's different. And I'm just not excited for that after the fact. Like I'm not excited for the amount of talking heads that we're going to have to see say that like this title doesn't count. Cause like, it's not like the players decided this. And like, this is, if we're going to do this, I think it's like, all right, we're doing it. Like we understand that it's weird, but at the same time, like there's nothing else we can do about it. So like, why wouldn't we accept this title? You're still going to have to go through a gauntlet most of the time you're still going to have to play other good teams, except for if you play Indy in the first round and you don't have to play them really tough. But like, other than that, like most teams are at full strength. Like the Lakers, obviously they lost Avery Bradley, the Clippers, Lou Williams is kind of waffling. I think like, I don't know what the deal is. He just left the bubble. Like we're not, we don't know what the deal is, but like the Clippers are supposed to be at full strength and you know, the Bucks are at full strength and all, I mean, Houston's at full strength. Like, so it feels like, yeah, I agree with you. Like, you could argue that this might be more pure basketball because it's like you take away, a, it's like a science experiment. You take away a lot. Of, it's like a controlled environment. Like, look, the, the refs won't be too influenced by the fans. Yeah. It's like, who's better? And, um, you know, it's like a Street Fighter, you know, like, remember Street Fighter? Did you ever play that? Are you too young to play oh, Street Fighter? Yeah, I played Street Fighter. Street Fighter 2, did you play, or Street Fighter 1? Probably Street Fighter 2, right? I've I've played both. We own Street Fighter 2, but I've played Street Fighter Well, answer me this. When when you played Street Fighter 2, was there a lot lot of audience there, or were they fighting on the streets for the most part? They were fighting on the streets. There were some random people in the background. Once in a while, yeah, there'd be some stragglers. But that's called pure street fighting. That's who's the best of the best. And I think (laughs) the NBA bubble's going to be like that. It's going to be like, look, we're, we're playing in a warehouse. We're playing in like, you know... 
an alleyway. Let's see who's the best. I kind of like it in that way. I don't think it taints the title unless the taint to me, the tainted title would be somebody gets sick, somebody gets hurt. Um, you know, or even Lou Williams pulling out like that, that's like t- on the edge of like, is this like not real anymore? Because he was going to be a big part of a championship contender team. Yeah. And, I, and again, like, I don't know that he's going to pull out. I just know that he, it's, it said he left the bubble for personal reasons. It's very interesting why guys are allowed to leave and why they're not. Like, we don't know why Zion left. We know that he's tested negative coming back. So he has to quarantine for four days and he should be fine to play on Thursday night. Like, we don't know why Lou Williams is left. So like, I don't really know those rules because, like, we saw Rashawn Holmes get, like, penalized for, like, stepping over, like, an imaginary line to pick up food and stuff. So it seems like they're being careful, but it also seems like the league – this is – I don't want to get, like, tinfoil hat conspiracy theory, but it does seem like the league is going to protect their stars a little bit. Like, I heard a rumor well, and- that one of the Morris twins had coronavirus and it's not being leaked because they want him to be able to play. And I don't, and I don't know that to be true. It's unsubstantiated. I'm not out here saying, like, from the rooftops that it definitely happened, but, like – I've well, how about this that. conspiracy theory? So uh, Marcus Morris is on the Clippers and Marquise yep. Morris is on the Lakers. And we talked about it before. Marquise's been hurt a little bit. He hasn't been nearly as good as Marcus in the last few years. No, yeah. You're so right. let's say the Clippers, for whatever reason, get bounced in the first round. And then the Lakers, like, wow, we could really use Marcus Morris and not Marquise Morris here. Like, could he just like substitute in and help the brother get the title? Just a little switch, like a like a parent trap situation. Yeah, exactly. Who, who would be, know? Would yeah, you think people would know? What no. are they going to DNA test them? I don't know. Like, they have the same tattoos. They look so similar. It's it's like amazing. But I, I mean, that's very funny. I I don't know. Is that what you're excited for? A possible twin situation? <laughs> twin swim swap? Uh, no. And the other thing we should mention too, for the first week or two at least. Zion is still going to be a major story, presuming that he's going to play. Um, and Portland's, that would be kind of fun. That is like sort of like a, if this was like a pay-per-view, like the undercard is kind of fun to watch New Orleans versus Portland versus Memphis to see who gets that eighth spot. Because I think all those teams are trying. Yeah. And, and Portland, you know, it's interesting. Like Nurkic looked quite good in their scrimmage. And I, I had a number of people text me and be like, can we find odds for Portland to make the playoffs? And I think that well, the one thing that people need to remind, remind themselves of is like, it is going to be very hard. You're going to have to beat Memphis twice. Because, like, unless Memphis just goes 0-8, which I, I'm excited to see John Morant. Like, he's, it's, it's fun to see him on this stage for sure. But, like, Memphis is, like, what, three and a half games up? And then whoever gets into that nine spot has to beat him two out of three games. So, like, they got to beat him two in a row, obviously. So, like, it just doesn't – to me, it's, like, very hard to say that, like, New Orleans or Portland is going to get that eighth spot. Both of them isn't there a rule? I, I, I forgot the exact rule. Like yeah, Memphis you're, is eight, the eighth spot right now. There are three and a half games up on Portland and then New Orleans and Sacramento. If, those you're, are the teams. Four games, if you're four games back, if, if every team is four games back, you're eliminated. Like So if the Memphis ends up four games up in the right. eighth spot somehow, they, they make the playoffs automatically. But they're only three and a half. They are already three and a half up. I saw something that like Memphis was like playing a lot of their starters and these scrimmages and closing with them and the implication being they really want to take this bubble seriously. Yes. I don't think it's because they want to hang on to the eighth spot. I think it's because they want to clinch the eighth spot and be four games up on these teams. I mean, I'm sure it is. And like I said, I don't, I, I just don't expect like guys to mail it in. You know what I mean? Like, I really don't like, I, there are probably some vets that, you know, like the, the, like the Brooklyn band of like Mary men, that's like Michael Beasley and like Jamal Crawford. Like those guys are going to play hard because they want to get another, they want to get a contract next year. But at the end of the day, like, it probably doesn't matter all that much, right? They're going to get extra games. Like Beasley's suspended for five games, but like, so if you're Jamal Crawford, you get eight games and then you're at the very minimum going to get four games in the playoffs, right? So you get 12 games to try to show that you can still play at 40 million years old. But like, I would expect all the young guys and I would expect like, you know, Dame Lillard's not going to show up and not try, right? Like Zion's not going to show up and not try. Is that always a good thing though? Like, cause, (laughs) and silly as that sounds, um, like who's a younger version of Jamal Crawford? Like Michael Beasley, let's say he was healthy. He's like, I want to prove myself. I want to stay in the league. I want to get a new contract. Is he going to play well from a team perspective or is he going to go out there and like try to score 20 or 30 points a game? They might tell him to do that. They might be like, we need scores. But I understand. I understand exactly what your point is here. That like, is that going to be a hindrance to Brooklyn 
if they just like Michael Beasley shoots 30 times a game. And I don't think that's going to happen. I, I mean, you and I both know that like Beasley's very close friends with Kevin Durant. I think this is a little bit of a favor. I think if it goes well, you will see Michael Beasley on the Nets roster next year. But I, I can understand your kind of hesitation here. The, the issue is that like, I just don't think like, I think Brooklyn knows like, okay, we have an interim coach. We're still trying to hire a coach. We, we know we're going to be good next year. We also know that we're not beating Toronto or let's say they're the eighth seed. We're not beating Milwaukee. I just don't think Brooklyn cares. I think they want to play young guys and I think they want to play guys that they can decide like, all right, can we fill our roster out with these dudes next year? You know what I mean? And I, I think like that's a bigger deal for Brooklyn because it's very obvious that Brooklyn's eyes are definitely on 2021 and, 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 and well, they should be, but yeah. like, I would expect to see like, all right, what can we get from Michael Beasley? Like, is he going to be a guy that could be a second unit scorer if we really need it in the future? Yeah. I mean, he should be, I mean, like, you know, even at this age, you'd think he could be like a late stage, like Carmelo Anthony or Elise or something, right? He could I mean, probably he could probably play that role, honestly. I mean, with Beasley, it's never been talent. Like, he's definitely got it. I, I would argue that Beasley's probably one of the 50 most talented basketball players in the world, to be honest with you. Yeah, just, I, I think it's a personality thing. Yeah. It's just, um, and then we kind of bury in the lead. Because I think, like, obviously, like, a true basketball fan would be most excited Look, because there's three super teams, I guess you would call. I don't know if they even count as super teams, but two, three clear favorites and three clear stars on those teams who all basically play the same position, Giannis, yeah. LeBron, Kawhi. And, like, how exciting is that? Like, you're going to see these guys, like, match up Street Fighter Two style and, like, who is the best? It's interesting, too, with the Lakers, and we've talked a lot about them, talked about them la- uh, last show, but... Rondo's out eight weeks, broken hand. He he's done some crazy stuff before. Like he's played with with a broken hand before, but they can't go to him. Like LeBron is one one of the things that I've been very critical of LeBron in his career is that he tends to rely on guys that he trusts, which is a good thing. But in the playoffs, sometimes like you don't want to play J.R. Smith thirty five minutes a game. Like you don't want LeBron to be like, all right, I don't trust Alex Caruso, but I do trust Rajon Rondo, so we're going to play Rondo thirty minutes a game. So. Avery Bradley being out of the bubble, which I fully support, is, is a problem for the Lakers, especially now with Rondo down. But it might be better to play KCP a lot more. It might be better to play Caruso a lot more. Maybe Quinn Cook as like a floor spacer is a better player for them than Rondo would be. And like I think the Lakers might have actually lucked into a situation where they're going to be forced to play a certain style and they're not going to be able to fall back on like, all right, well, we got to play this guy because he's, pl- he's a playoff hero because he's been bad, right? And so... I'm interested to see how Dion Waiters and how J.R. Smith integrate themselves. I'm assuming not super well, but at the same time, those are guys that we know can make a shot in a big moment. And, and for the Lakers, like our biggest concern was like, do they have enough depth at the garden wing? Like, or, or are LeBron and Anthony Davis going to have to average 75 points a game? And I kind of think that they might have enough depth because I think they have enough guys that slot into the correct roles next to LeBron. And so I'm interested to see how that goes because the Clippers will kind of play the same. We know what the Bucks do. Like, the Lakers are the one team that's kind of interested to see how everything's going to come together. Like, what if Marquise Morris does become a good stretch for? No, I have a hard time seeing that. I, yeah. I, but I agree with you. I think that LeBron trusts these oldies, but I think modern teams, and they're not a modern team, but, like, any NBA team is smart enough to, like, realize that you can't do that. Like, look, as much, like, noise as like, the media might make about Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith, like... It's probably going to be KCP. Like, I mean, he's just, you know, he's younger. Start. He plays he's going to okay. start. Yeah, he's going to yeah. start. And, and, like, maybe J.R. Smith doesn't get off the bench, you know? Like, that would make sense. Um, I mean, J.R. Smith, like, when we last saw him in the league, he was really bad. And yes. he wasn't even shooting well either. Yes, facts. We, he, um, he was not good. There is a reason that he was not signed and he was making tons of money. Like, he, he could have been traded. He could have gotten traded for or or picked up last year to start the season and no one thought that was a good idea. So... I mean, yeah, why it's, it's a sort of now. like, yeah, he, he, he's 34. I mean, he, he's not getting better off a layoff. It's sort of like the Andre Iguodala theory that you were so proud of Miami for acquiring Andre Iguodala. I, I thought like, the this deal, guy is kind of cooked. I thought the deal was terrible. You know that. Like, I thought paying <laughs> extra money for him was a joke. Like, you that said was he, a, he was the veteran. He had the ring, you know, the winning culture. You thought it was a great move, but I, I was skeptical. And, I would be the same with J.R. Smith, obviously. Hopefully they don't give him like a $15 million extension like Miami did for Iguodala. That would be that would be mind-boggling. He doesn't need to make any more money, you know? This is probably J.R. Smith's last ride. This would be my guess. But he's in the same boat as, you know, he's in a 
he's not in the same boat in Michael Beasley in the, in the way that he's going to get a lot of opportunities, but he is in the same boat in the way that like he needs to show if he wants to play next year that like he can make some shots. Right. Because like, if you come in the game, like let's say J.R. Smith shoots one for 13 from three in the bubble, like even LeBron's not going to be all right. Resigning that. Like he knows like this is the twilight of his career. Who, so who, what would happen? Do you think the league would be upset if going back to the Memphis thing? Cause I was just thinking about it. So Orlando's in the eighth spot. They're about five and a half up on Washington. Not going to be really, you know, musty TV to see if Washington can get within Um, four. Brad Beal's not playing. Like the Wizards are not trying. And same with Memphis. Like, let's say Orlando at the eighth just clinches, no play in games. And let's say Memphis clinches. Like, do you think, like, all these teams, like the Spurs, like, why are we here? Well, I know that the Spurs feel that way. I don't know about Portland. I don't know about New Orleans. I would assume that they're going to try, I guess. I don't know. I, I know but that like, like, say you're a team like Phoenix. Phoenix is in it, right? I mean, they're in this yeah, bubble. I would just play your young guys. Like, but like I, you're six back of Memphis. So you have to pick up two games in eight. It's not going to be easy. You basically have to go like, you know, what, like six and two, seven and one. You know, it's, it's going to be really difficult. It is certainly not going to be easy. Like that is that is for sure, and that's why like with, with the West, like that's why this this kind of bubble thing just kills me. And I get it; it's like a financial thing. Like they want to get stars in there. You know, Devin Booker counts, Damian Lillard counts, Zion counts, but like it doesn't make sense that these guys are here because like it is so difficult to actually jump Memphis. And like I think Zan, if even given that we don't even think Memphis is that good. I think we both think that Portland's better than them. I, I think that New Orleans is better than them. I think you do too. I also think Sacramento might be better than them. They're just kind of a little bit. Right. No, I think Memphis is, the, is maybe the worst team in the bubble. But if I'm Memphis, I'd be like, well, who picked this arbitrary four well, games? Well, so like, let me ask you this in a, in a series where you had to win two straight games. Like if, so it's Memphis versus anybody, would you be comfortable making anybody a favorite in that over Memphis? Definitely no. not. No, no, no. I mean, because look, to win one of two, I'm no math major, but I mean, like, you should get up close to 50% chance at least, even if you're a decided underdog in That's, both games. Yeah. And they're not that much worse in a one game, it's just a one game playoff than any of those teams. Like, maybe I would be, if it was just one game, I would be more comfortable with Portland being a favorite. But even against, like, even against New Orleans or Sacramento or any of those teams, like, I wouldn't be super comfortable. Like, maybe. They'd yeah, like that's why I was looking. percent favorite, like uh, that's why I was looking at Memphis to make the playoffs because you have the you know the chance that they could just clinch outright, and you have the chance that they win one of two. Really, as you said, it's not that hard, and I think their odds are like about fifty fifty. You know, in terms of betting odds. Yeah, and and again, they they also have a guy in John Morant that we think is capable of carrying a team like rookies it's interesting that they kind of hit the rookie wall a lot and we didn't really see that from him, but you know, how's he going to adapt to the restart? Like how's he been being away from his teammates, guys like him who are very anticipatory passers are interesting to see when they don't have game reps with guys. So like he could come in and be very, very good, or he could come in and it could be a a little bit of a learning curve for him. And I think like with Memphis being so young, it's going to be interesting to watch how they do handle adversity. Cause what happens like, okay, let's say they do play Portland. Like what happens if Dame gets 38, the first game you lose. And then all of a sudden it's one game to make the playoffs. Like how do you respond as a team? I think it's a cool, I think it's a cool like psychological thing, but I also think for Memphis, like I would be pissed if that's the case. Cause I would love for my young guys to get an opportunity to play against the Lakers in the first round. Like we've seen that happen with big stars for a long time. Like we watched, you know, Oklahoma City played the Lakers when Durant, I don't remember if it was 2008 or 2009, but like we watched like Westbrook, Durant and Harden, like be the eighth seed against the Lakers when like Ron Artest hit James in the face, you know, elbowed him in the face. Remember what I'm talking about? Like, Mm -hmm. and we watched those guys kind of grow up. And I think if I'm Memphis, like I want to see that. So I would be pissed in that situation, but I would pick them to make the playoffs. I just think it's, they're too far up. Like there's no chance they can really lose the eighth spot. Yeah, and it kind of sucks for them. Like, cause we all agree. Like, in terms of talent, maybe they would have. I don't think they would have lost the eighth spot if it was a regular season. I, I think maybe they would have had like a slump and lost five in a row or something. Maybe, but would this sort of bubble rules? Like, hey, Memphis, you're clearly the eighth spot right now, but you might have to win another game to get in. Would that happen at all if 
the Lakers were the eighth seed? Would that happen if like the Knicks were the eighth seed? I mean, is it I, I don't like know. picking on a Memphis franchise that really can't defend themselves? I think they needed to figure out a way to get some good players into the bubble and make sure that there was some like interest. Cause like, who's the best player, not whose team didn't qualify Trey young, I guess. Um, Trey young, I guess towns is even healthy. Yeah. yeah Carl towns. Like uh, other than that, like all your like league stars are, are playing. And I think like that was kind of the goal was to make sure we could get those guys in. And so I would say that the league probably would still do the same thing. I, I think. Where do you think the four games came from? Like, well, I mean, that just seems so. I random. think because they didn't want to penalize either Orlando or Brooklyn to have to play extra games before the playoffs. Honestly, because like I think they were just like, all right, well, if you're four games back, like you know, at the end of the season, it's not going to be close anyway. So, I, I, I maybe because they're playing seventy-seven in total games or seventy-eight total games, right? Because like they're playing eight <laughs> games. I don't no, know. I don't know yeah. It is quite arbitrary. I will definitely agree with that. What are you not excited for in the bubble? I'm not excited for the teams that aren't trying. He he mentioned like it's just going to be weird that like whatever. Like Jason Tatum puts up 48 points in the playoffs, but it comes against a team like Brooklyn that wasn't even trying. You know, <laughs> it's not going to feel real in that way. I don't know. The media is kind of getting on my nerves. I've been complaining about that a lot. Like this, I just seen somebody post like, "Oh, our meal's not that good." And, you know, look at this room service. It's like, shut up. These people are so annoying. Yeah. Like, like the absence of fans just gives more attention to like these like media members in the bubble. I, I would just lock them out too. I don't think we need them. Aren't they in there? Aren't media, media members? Yeah, they are. Boards? Like, yeah, who let they're... them in the building? Yeah, I don't know. That that actually is interesting. I'm a little bit. I'm excited to see. I'm not excited. Excuse me. I should say to. I guess I think that the playing multiple games in a day, like the summer league feel like I am not as excited for that as I think people other than me are like, I think that it's interesting, but I don't know if you get a chance to practice. I don't know how many uh, adjustments we'll get to see get made. Like you don't really need, you'll have some advanced scouts there, but not many. So I think the basketball is going to be a little bit worse. Uh, So I'm not as excited for kind of, I don't think there'll be as much of a chess match like in the playoffs as there normally is where you do get to see guys really make adjustments. Like I don't know that we'll see that. Cause I think that teams are going to have like a shorter runway into the playoffs. Now they're going to be trying to get right on them, their own. Right. So I don't get, I don't think we're going to get to see as many, like, like I honestly thought like Nick nurse pushed every right button last year, but I also thought they were one of the best teams in terms of scouting their opponents. And I don't think we're going to get to see something to that level again in this 2020 playoffs. I think that's going to be, harder to do because you're just not going to have the amount of manpower in the bubble that you otherwise yeah. would well and yeah that's a good point and also just in terms of rotations and you know philly like they are they going to be able to like radically change their playing style or are they just going to default to like hey this is what we've been doing all year let's just hope it works yeah you don't get a chance like here's the thing like this is like the most amazing part right because like let's say you are Philly, right? And you play Shake Milton and, and seven games into this bubble, right? You, you guys are three and four, Shake Milton shooting 23% from three. Like you don't really get an opportunity to have Shake Milton work off that rust, right? So you either play him while he's playing terrible or like you just bench him, right? And then you're down a guy that you thought was going to be helpful. So it's going to be really interesting to see what teams do with guys who struggle out of the gate early because you don't have a lot of time. You really don't. Is it? I wasn't wondering because we focused a lot on Philly, and I think they're so interesting. Give me one team, if it's Philly or somebody else, that you think is going to surprise people and like has a chance to like go a lot farther than than they would based on seating. Yeah, I was trying to think about this, right? And I don't. I just. I don't know. This is going to be such a wishy washy answer, I guess. Maybe Denver. Like if Michael Porter Jr. is really good, they could kind yeah. of surprise people in the West. And I don't even think that's the case. Like Nurkic would obviously have to be good. Gary Harris can make some shots. Jamal Murray, we've seen on a big stage before. Like Denver's kind of a team that I think people are just not super excited about. I think they're not really ready. I, I just don't think it's any team. Like I don't think there's any like New Orleans, Portland, like Memphis, none of those guys, right? Utah, I just think they're too thin on the wing. Uh, and then in the East, I think people really respect Boston. I think people think Boston is definitely the second best team. I guess Miami's the other team for me. Like they play really well together. Do they have enough scoring? Is everybody healthy? Like, can they guard enough? I don't know. But, like, Miami's the one team to me in the East that's just not afraid. Like, 
you know, Philly shows up with this kind of like bullshit swagger. Like they want to play Boston. They want to play Milwaukee. Like, I just don't buy it from them. Like, I, I just don't, but like Miami, I do. Like, I think they want to take challenges. So like, I guess if you told me like, Hey, from a value perspective, like if you're going to bet and throw some money into the abyss, like, you know, Denver's a team I feel like nobody's talking about. And then Miami is another team that I think is really, really good. I would just be really surprised to see either one though, make it out of the second round. I just don't, I just don't think it's going to happen. You know, there's just so much less variance, I think, in this sort of setting, right? Because guys are playing every single day or every other day. Like you said, it's going to be much more like, all right, let's battle it out. Like we don't have as much, we don't have any sort of like outside stuff in our ear. You're not traveling. You're not going home to your family. Like you're just playing basketball. This is, like you said, it's in a lot of ways, it's going to be the most pure basketball setting that we've like ever seen. There's no fans to influence refs, like, and everybody just kind of gets a clean start. Like, you're just starting at the same point. And I think that, like, that favors talent. And I just think those teams aren't quite talented enough. But, like, you never know. NBA players are really good, right? Like, that's that's the takeaway of this podcast. Like, Tyler says NBA players are good. No, but I, I, I agree. I think there, there's some clear talent. And then, like, look, a lot of these teams, like, you might look at, like, say, the Clippers, for example. Like, you know, the Clippers only won four more games than Dallas. Maybe they're not much different, but like they're kind of coasting through the regular season and, and, you know, like these teams can turn it up a notch. Um, I, so I think like just based on seeding right now, and that could change after eight games, but you know, we said Houston at a six seed as a chance to win the title. Philly's a six seed right now. You know, we've never really seen Embiid fully healthy in the playoffs. It no. always seems like he's like running on fumes. I mean, last year in last year against Toronto, like he had he had like a, he had like a cold, then he had like a stomach bug, then he was like you know not playing a ton against Brooklyn. It was so weird. And then when he played, he was like tremendous. But it was like he played like twelve minutes, then he couldn't make a shot. And it's like that's why, like, could we really see Embiid like? just dominate his way to a title? Like, is it possible to see a more well, traditional you know, I was that? thinking that about, like, the ultimate wild card. And I agree, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. Like, Zion and, and New Orleans. Like, what if Zion just comes back after extended rest and he looks 100% and he's just, like, such a problem that he leads the team to, I don't know, I mean, maybe, you know, they take the Lakers to seven or something like that. Like, something like that would be pretty monumental. Um so just him taking the just him taking the Lakers to seven is a monumental. That, you wouldn't thing. be surprised by that. Yes, I would. Uh, I don't. Are you saying a first round game seven between Zion and LeBron would not be like musty TV? They might just cancel the playoffs after that. It, like I don't know that. <laughs> honest to God, like if there was a game seven like LeBron against Zion, like I don't know that the NBA would be able to get ratings higher than that. Like I really don't. It like, would be you amazing. Could, you could tell me like Giannis and LeBron game seven NBA finals. And I would still think that like the Zion LeBron game would be higher rated. Yeah. And then the other team that you're kind of talking me into, I just said the Clippers are so much better than Dallas, but like Dallas is really what if good. Dallas is really good. And yeah. Luca, you look at like, I was looking, you were talking about how LeBron's playing these days. Luca's like very similar statistically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's like a little bit worse in certain things, but just in terms of like how they finish inside, their assists. You know, John rebounds. Hollinger was writing like his awards and he mentioned that like Luca probably deserves a lot of credit as most improved, but guys like him don't really win most improved, right? Because he was rookie of the year last year. Everybody knew he was really good. He's probably going to finish top five in the MVP voting. But he said like he deserves so much credit for like tightening up his handle and like realizing a, a little bit better in terms of getting the spots. Like the one thing that's different, obviously about Luca and LeBron is like Luca, he's kind of more James Harden in terms of his like shot distribution, right. Then, than he is like peak LeBron. Cause like he doesn't finish at the rim, you know, like peak LeBron was shooting like 75% of the rim. Like Zion, no, that's but, not really but like still does. like Luca does a lot better there than you'd think. He does. And he does. Yeah. Cause he's just big. I mean, he, he like, you watch him, you're like, you think of like, he look. He's like thick. He's like a thick what six seven. He looks maybe even bigger than that. I think he's. Si- I think he's six eight. You don't think so? Yeah. No, I don't know. He's listed as six seven, but I think that you know they shaved an inch off of everyone now because I think they're measuring true heights. Um. But I. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, or maybe he bombs out. But like that's like an unknown. I would be kind of scared to play Dallas. I'd be definitely terrified to play Houston. There's and, no way that he bombs out. Come on. There's no way. Like, bombs out, like, they could lose in the first round for sure. But, like, do you expect to see Luka playing terrible? That's just Yeah, I mean, I think it's possible. Do you really? Yeah, I think, like, if 
like who's the best defender in the league? I don't know. Like Ka- Kawhi on a given night. Yeah. Okay. Let's say Kawhi like didn't focus on offense. He's like, I'm just going to shut down Luca. Like I think he could. Yeah. And they have Paul George too. They have other guys they can throw at him. Like you can throw bigger dudes at him to like try to muscle. Cause that's the most likely matchup, right? Is Clippers Dallas in the second round in the first round. And I mean, that would be a team I'd be very excited to see Luca play. Right. Cause you do again, like I would say in a given night, I don't think Kawhi is the best defender in the league night in and night out. I, I would be more inclined to say that I think that's Rudy is probably the best player, the best defender overall. But in terms of like perimeter defenders, I would say like I think Giannis and, and Ben Simmons are probably the two best on a night to night basis. But uh, Kawhi, I think for one game is the best perimeter defender in the NBA, right? Like if you just, if you needed one guy to get a stop. Yeah, I think like in terms of like one play, guard your man and best. stay on him. He's the best. Yeah, I don't know. In terms of like overall impact, I don't think he's the best. I just anymore. don't think he tries that hard anymore. Yeah, right? well, like, also, he's never been like a disruptive guy. Maybe because he's like locked in on one guy. But. Oh, I think he's disruptive because he's just so able to take the ball from you. Like it's amazing. He doesn't like get in. I don't know. I don't want to say anything. No, I mean, dis- I'm not disruptive, disruptive. Like a help, a help defender. You know, he's right, like right. he'll snatch the ball right out of your hand. Right. You're saying like um, he's not Giannis or LeBron where like right. they just shrink the Or like court. prime Michael Jordan where it's like he's grabbing three steals a game and like going for dunks. Yeah, he could do that for sure. He, but again, I think like he is disruptive in the sense that like he just seems to eliminate whoever he plays. But yeah, like I guess I could see Luka having a bad series against the Clippers. But again, like I would, I would say to you that like in terms of just pure talent, right? Like if you just look at a roster top to bottom, I think it's impossible to look at the Clippers and be like, they're not the favorite, right? If everyone plays and everyone plays to the best of their abilities or, or close to it, like the Clippers are very clearly the best team in the NBA. Are they not? Like, they definitely are. Uh-huh. Yeah, probably. Like, I'm I, not I saying that I think they I need think to be right. the, well, I'm not saying they need to be the favorite, right? But they added Marcus Morris, well, they said, added Reggie the Jackson. Favorite, but you're not saying like, oh, com- no, no. compared to the field, but like in terms of like one-to-one. But I told you like, I would bet the Lakers, over them to win if I had to. I'm just saying what? if you look at a roster, because there's so much more than just who's the most talented roster. We know that. Uh, okay. And that's my point. Like with the Clippers, like I think if you're just saying like, all right, well, talent's going to win out, then like it's hard to not pick them. But I ultimately don't think that's the case with the Clippers. Like I said, that's not what I've heard. I, I've heard there's been some issues there and I don't expect it to just be solved. You know what I mean? I just don't. And so I don't expect them to lose to Dallas, but I, I would be fighting my ass off to avoid the seventh spot. Like, that would be the one place I wouldn't want to be in any, you know, in either league. If you pick like, Hey, what's the worst seed to finish? Cause like they're, the eighth seeds aren't really in doubt, right? Like there's, they're just not. So like, but seventh in the West, like that's brutal. Cause you probably play the Clippers like, and you don't want to have to do that in the first round. And so like Houston versus the Clippers, like all of a sudden, like that could end Houston's run real quick. Like Dallas, same deal. Like I yeah, wouldn't. Yeah. It'll be interesting. And like, look, LeBron James, 35 years old. I mean, some, oddly, I think he's like almost become underrated. Like, that's, that's hard to say. You don't think that's so? I, I, I think in the sense that like, we talk about this evolution in playing style and slight decline, but I'm like, there's such a slight decline. It's not a lot. At age 35. Let me and, ask you this. Yeah. They win the title. It's the bubble title. It's LeBron. He gets credit for it. Four titles, three different teams. Do... I don't even know how you feel. Like, I think statistically we've talked about this before. It's hard to look at LeBron and say that he's not the best player overall ever. But like, obviously there are different things that go into it, but like for your money, if it's like LeBron or Jordan, if LeBron wins this year, even in the weird well, state, you know like, what it kind of reminds me of? I don't want to Sh- do this LeBron. Jordan Sh- thing. No, well, uh, it reminds me shameless plug to MTV challenge accepted podcast with Johnny Don. Bananas, baby. But Johnny bananas just won his seventh title. That's and like the four whole- more than anyone's won, right? Like yeah, it's like, yeah, there's it's- a large distance. But yeah, and so the, I think the other guy, the next best one, like four. And the whole time he's like, this is going to secure my place as they go. This is going to secure my place. I'm like, it doesn't, at this point, it doesn't really matter. Six or seven titles. Like it's not, there's no difference. Right. And I would think, sadly for LeBron, in the debate against Jordan, there's no difference between three or four titles. It needs to be. Right? It needs, needs to be, to be six. six. Yeah, he needs to like clinch. But to be I, I definitely mean, considered better. Definitely. Yeah, I think if he gets six titles, he's the best. Clearly, the best ever. As long as it's under that, there's always going to be a debate. He ain't getting six titles. We know that. He might. I mean, I don't know. I mean, You're look, talk- we've seen these athletes play until they're like forties now. Levin's you know, Carter's playing still. I think LeBron will play late into his career. I really do. I mean, it's already late in his career. But the one thing that I will say, and this is why getting back to Last Dance a little bit, like. 
there never seemed to be signs with Jordan that like you were going to win late in his career. You know what I mean? Like we watched it, like the bulls team, they had some issues. Like you, you never know, they thought had, they were going to lose. You're just, saying, or you? I'm saying you never thought they were going to lose. Like it, right. it, when it mattered the most, like Jordan always won, like at, at, to the end of his career, he obviously lost at the beginning of his career. Like, I don't want to get into this, but like with LeBron, like, I I don't know that I could comfortably say right now that like all right if LeBron makes the finals like they can beat the Bucks like I don't know if I can comfortably say if they get to the Western Conference Finals that they'll beat the Clippers and like well I just is think this going to be too much of right a, is this too much of a political answer oh no I, I was going to say no no not like <laughs> controversial politics no, I'm political. saying like okay. am I a politician by this answer Jordan's the best player ever I think peak Jordan's better than peak LeBron. I would agree with that. I would agree. But maybe LeBron had the best career ever because yeah. if you were, you know, a new franchise, you had to pick one. Wouldn't you pick 20 years of LeBron over 15 years of Jordan? Man, I don't know the answer to that. And I'll say the reason I don't know is because what Jordan meant to like the NBA and he meant to the Bulls and like what he meant to like financially speaking for like players. I just don't know if like an extra five years of LeBron like overrules that. I understand exactly what you're saying, but like if they says, okay, you get 15 years of Jordan, you win six titles, like you get their both their careers, like the production, obviously you look at and you're like, all right, I want LeBron, but like also the production in terms of winning Jordan has that. So it's like, I don't know. It's really difficult. Cause I also think like Kareem, should get mentioned in there yeah, as well. No, I think you Kareem's get, the same, but like, I think get 22 years of like an, yeah, a, a gun superstar. To my head, gun to my head. If like, you didn't know, like, but the, perception would be and you blasted in the media i think i might have taken kareem number one no, stuff just because it's like i mean i think it's a legitimate argument i just think that like it's it, it's very interesting to have that argument because i've said this like, with kobe before like if you told me i could have tim duncan or kobe like it's hard to decide who you want and most people would say kobe because they want the, the flash but like I, I think it's very hard to look at their careers and say that you wouldn't take tim duncan i really feel that way no yeah, and you know it's interesting about kareem like obviously he was born in the right era for his talent basketball for sure talent. he outlawed dunking because of him um but he's almost born in the wrong era in terms of his personality because everyone's like oh he's standoffish he's kind of reserved I'm like he's such a smart guy that i think he as a star he would be like embraced now yeah i could see that for sure and that's you know we've, we've talked about this a lot on the show that like lebron has become you know whether you like him on or off the court he's just become a rather a really impressive person and and the way that he's built up his empire and the way that he's taken care of the people around him and the way that he's shown other players but don't you think that's like a product of the environment like when jordan was doing yeah. it like you yeah. were not supposed to and now no. you're criticized if you don't no no 100 percent. i'm yeah. just saying like the one thing that i've i've seen more than anything is like lebron is now making money for himself and the people that he cares about he's no longer making money for the people that were like old money in terms of like whether it be agents or like sneaker companies and whatever like and, and i think like that Jordan absolutely paved the way for that. And like Kareem has paved the way for a lot of athletes to feel, you know, that they can speak out on social issues. Cause that's a guy that has done that for a long time since his career ended, but you couldn't do that when he was playing in the eighties, you couldn't do that. You in know, the my 70s. Chicago Homer radar is like compelling me to criticize LeBron now. And so I want to say one thing, LeBron, you know, help defender chase down blocks. We remember it so well. When's the last time LeBron averaged one block a game god i have no idea 2011 2013 2013 you're close i mean 2011 so he hasn't done it in 10 years Uh, he was always a better i mean peak lebron was an amazing defender it just hasn't been that way for a long when's the last time he shot 75 percent from the line 75 percent. man i have no no idea i don't even i don't did he do it at all in his career no, he, he has one once year. in a while. He's seventy three percent for his career. He hasn't shot seventy five percent since two thousand fourteen. I mean, he was the, under seventy percent last couple of years. When's the last time he shot under like fifty three percent from the field? This year. I mean, yeah, he's, that he's down that, under. He's under. He's under fifty this year. Is that the only time he's ever done that? No, rookie, I mean, rookie year he probably was not. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that Miami. As soon as he went to Miami, he was like ridiculously efficient. Yeah, wasn't he? Did he shoot like sixty five percent, sixty three percent from the field or something one year? No, no, like, he shot fifty seven though. That's amazing. That's With ridiculous. shooting threes, I mean, you yeah, know, it's amazing. not like Shaq or something. Um, I, I just but think like, if you want to say the decline, like field, just field goal percentage. I mean, that might be a bad way to do it. Um, but he's gone from fifty five to fifty four to fifty one, down under fifty now. 
it's year and, 15. Like, right. Cause he's shooting more threes too. That could be a product of right. some athletic And again, he's, he's not getting, era. he's not getting fouled as much. So he's not taking as many chances. Like he's taking tougher shots. Like it's just who he is. And I think like, you know, he's going to be a big part of this. Obviously the social justice movement is not going anywhere. It's obviously, it's gotten a little bit quieter as Corona's <laughs> kind of kicks back. <laughs> did up did I the say country. that the media is going to like move on to something? Yeah, else. of course. I've been there back to coronavirus. Cause like they need to yeah. be like that, but you know, LeBron is going to have a lot of spotlight on him, right? Like, a lot and it's I know I don't know that we've ever seen a player as equipped to handle both what he needs to act like socially and what he needs to act like you know professionally on the court and I and I, it's going to be interesting for him because it's just not going to stop you know what I mean like he's he's by far under the most pressure I think in this situation as well, well and it's, you know what you're we talked about like the you know slight evolution of his game not scoring at the rim as much I just wanted some stats. Basketball reference is just so cool to have all these stats. This is his percentage of field goal attempts. So just how often, like what, like if there's a pie chart of where he's shooting from, from zero to three, the last few years has gone from 46 to 43 to 42 to 38 to 37. So he's doing it less often. Still, and the per- still 37%. Yeah, but that. the percentage converted. Field goal percent from that distance gone from 78 to 77 to 76 down to 73 this year. That guy so was like, there's like a slight decline. That guy was shooting 47% of his shots at the rim at 78%. That is like <laughs> insane. Like that is absurd. I can't even imagine. I, I would say, I want to talk about one more thing. So LeBron obviously is a, is a big storyline what about Anthony Davis, right? Because yes. Anthony Davis leads the Lakers in like every statistical... You had predicted that in the preseason, you predicted that he would be the best player in the league consensus. Didn't you predict that? I, I said that I thought there was a chance that he would win MVP okay. because they would... I think he'll finish fifth in the MVP voting would be my yeah, guess, fifth so or too. sixth. Yeah. Uh, he may win defensive player of the year. It's possible. I, I think, yeah. It seems like the, the crowd's rallying behind Giannis winning MVP and defensive player. Yeah, that'd be interesting if it happened. Uh, but... Anthony Davis leads the Lakers in every, like pretty much every statistical category except for assists. He, and I don't think you'd find a lot of people that would say he's been their best player. I think there's a small like group, and you actually may be in that group that you think he's their best player. Who, Anthony Davis? Yeah. How much pressure is on Anthony <laughs> Davis here? Like, is there a situation? We know his contract's up. We know the salary cap's likely going to go down. Like, how much pressure is on Anthony Davis here, both from himself and like from LeBron? Like, what happens if this doesn't go well? Like, what happens if they maybe lose in the second round? Like. Does Anthony Davis decide, like, forget it, I'm not going to stay in L.A., or do we think they run it back? Like, is that on the table, do you think? One shout-out to Jordan. Offense, <laughs> they have advanced stats late in his career. He was a positive player, offensive box minus and VORP and all this stuff, in his last year at 39. Like, he was not like a like a train wreck like people thought. Anyway. Um, Wizards stunk. Anyway, go they, on. No, they were bad, but, I mean, like, he's still a good player at 39. Uh what was the question? Is Anthony Davis going to get any heat? No. I mean, he's, Would, like he's... Is it a possibility that, like, the pressure on Anthony Davis, if he doesn't play great, like, LeBron starts squawking in the media a little bit? And, no, and I don't think so. I think LeBron wisely knew that he needed somebody like this, and he's going to have to hitch the wagon to Anthony Davis, especially if he wants to win five, six, mul- seven multi- titles. Yeah, multiple titles. Um, And I think he's, he's, to his credit, I mean, I think that's part of LeBron's like assist, you know, it's not just an athletic kind. I think he wants to embolden Anthony Davis and like max him out because he needs him. Yeah, yeah, Anthony Davis is really freaking good. Every time I watch watch the Lakers, I think he's the best player just based on like an eye test. It's really, it's, it's really funny, right? Like we've talked about guys that we just talk about like their raw talent and ability and how good they are. But like Anthony Davis is insanely good at the game of bat. like it, it's amazing it's his amazing collection to of watch skills. him like move you it's know? incredible he's so <laughs> fluid like I, i'm not saying that i think anthony davis is like I, I still think and again we we have no idea but pre-achilles injury like for my money kevin durant was the best player in the nba like just yes, whatever I you agree. needed from him like he was the best scorer like he could be the best defender i think like now i think a lot of people argue Giannis. i, I think there's still people that argue Kawhi. I think there's still some Steph Curry people. I think there's still some LeBron people. But just in terms of like basketball skill and ability to impact a game, like Anthony Davis like, is up up there with anybody in terms of like what he can do. Like he he and Kevin Durant might be the two like single most impactful guys because they can just do everything. Right. Like if you want to talk about checking boxes, compare him to Giannis. He's like a better shooter, thirty percent better from three from the free throw line. He's He's shooting 85% from the free throw line. He's not he's, quite he's not quite as good of a basketball IQ guy as Giannis. That's the biggest difference, I think. Well, and but look, hey, disruptive defender, 
he's blocking two and a half shots a game, you know, Ridiculous double shot Giannis. Ridiculous shot blocker. I mean, it's how you, you hate the big man, but I'm like, if you have a guy like that, it's such a game changer. It's well, so rare. I wonder know? if Anthony Davis, what we're seeing now is like what people thought Kevin Garnett would be if the NBA in 95 yeah. was the same as it is now. Like, I, I wonder that he obviously doesn't play as hard as Kevin Garnett. And I don't think he's, I don't think he's, again, I, I think the basketball IQ thing is a little bit, he's not as good of a positional defender as Garnett, who I think was one of the best ever. But like, and he doesn't of, have the right attitude necessarily, but right. it's just not, he the has the right attitude to be like the second banana the second guy. But it's like, you watch his collection of skills in, and it's like freaking ridiculous, man. Like he's putting the ball on the ground. Like you post him up, like spin so quickly, like how easily he moves. And again, now we're, you know, before it was like, all right, Anthony Davis is kind of hurt a lot. But like, if yeah. you take out the fact that he just decided not to play last season, like played 55 games this year, and then the two seasons before 75 games a piece. So like, yeah, he's had some little injuries, but like, now the kind of, hey, Anthony Davis' is, is fragile take isn't really even there anymore. And then he did. I criticized him defensively a ton before the season started. He's been one of the best five defenders in the league. Like, he's the best defender on a Lakers team that's what? I, I think they're second or third, third overall in yeah, defense. Yeah, like, so in terms of what we thought Anthony Davis was going to be in the NBA, like, he's been amazing this year. And it does feel like, hey, LeBron has been either more important or slightly better, slightly worse or whatever, but he's LeBron. And, like, like, what if Anthony Davis just goes supernova in the bubble, dude, and averages like Here's, 35 and 12? I'll, I'll give go one better. You know, the, the last dance put a lot of um, sort of, you know, heat on like how good is Pippen, how much, did, you know, is Pippen underrated, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Pippen's like the quintessential, like second banana who's maybe the best ever in that role. Yeah. Is if, it, if we're saying Anthony Davis is the second best player on the Lakers, is he the best number two ever? It's I mean, so, like, he's so, better than Pippen. I mean... He's better, definitely better than Pippen. But it's so hard to say, right? Because, like, is Dwayne Wade, like, are we I counting think he's him in that better, category? I don't know. Yes, I think he's better than Dwayne Wade in that role. He's definitely he's in the role of, like... Oh, actually, I take maybe I'll take it back. Because Steph Curry and Durant are Durant, also... Durant, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're just ranking duos, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to get away from Steph and Durant. And, like, it's honestly hard to get away a little bit from Steph and Clay. Like, it's... it's Clay's awesome, obviously. I, I think, like... But you're right. Like Dwayne Wade had one like really awesome season with LeBron, where he was. And still I guess Kareem like, played with Magic. One of those two is. But but this is a good. this is the same type of duo, and and I would say like you're right from a personality standpoint. Like Anthony Davis kind of needs that big brother, right? He needs LeBron. Like that gives him a lot of credibility. Like there's not as much pressure on Anthony Davis, but like from a talent standpoint, like. I mean, he's up there. Like, it, it, I mean, next year he could if, – if he's not – let's say he's not better than LeBron this year, right? Let's say LeBron's been a 10 out of 10 and Anthony Davis has been a 9.8 out of 10. Next year, Anthony Davis could easily be better than LeBron. Easily. Like, it, it, I don't even think it's a question, right? And so I think it's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, and a testament play. to Anthony Davis, as like annoying as his departure from New Orleans was, he doesn't and It was seem, annoying. Because <laughs> that was like our whole podcast last year. Uh it doesn't seem like he needs that ego boost of being like the man, yeah. you know? And he might, so you might want to be second banana. Yeah. Maybe it's more comfortable, like living in the shadow, but like we've seen that happen before, you know, Shaq and Kobe or whoever, like LeBron and Dwayne Wade, like when one guy, like there's a changing of the guard, like, Hey, Shaq used to be better than Kobe, but Kobe's going to get better than Shaq yeah. eventually. Like how and, do they handle that? And like, you know, it's interesting. I've talked with a lot of people about this, but like, you know, Pippen was just totally fine being second banana. Like he was, he, you know, he had some issues with it. We've seen him kind of gripe about it in the, in the, the last few years, but like you won six rings, you made a lot of money. Like you got your contract from Portland or whatever, but like Kobe was never going to be okay with that. Like James Harden was never going to be okay with that in Houston or in uh, OKC. Russ and right. Katie, it was never going to be that's okay. Why, like, like, that's why Clay is okay said, with it. You know what I mean? And Anthony Davis yeah. might be okay with it. Well, and that's why I thought of him as more of a second banana compared to like Stephen Durant. Like it never felt like there was a clear delineation. No. Like who's the sidekick here? Exactly. With, you know, Clay is clearly a sidekick. Pippen was clearly a sidekick. And the same thing with Dwayne Wade. Like you had to go to Miami later in your career because he wasn't going to be a sidekick in 2009. You know, he already won a title before LeBron. The consensus is like Anthony Davis is the sidekick this year, but in, in that role, Jesus he uh yeah I, I think it's it, it to me again you're kind of grooming him if you're LeBron and you're the Lakers like you're grooming him for like two three more years and then LeBron kind of like steps aside and then Anthony Davis gets to pick you know whoever his sidekick's gonna be and I think that that's 
one of the things that's interesting Michael about this Kid league. Gilchrist, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. He was good as a sidekick at Kentucky, but I, I just think it's it's it is crazy now. We're seeing the fact that like, you know, Devin Booker has talked so much about how he wants to play with Carl Towns. Like, we're seeing these guys that are like top ten, top fifteen players, like get another sidekick who's like better than them. You know what I well, mean? And or also, it, like to the NBA's credit, this is maybe going long, but. Eh. Um. The max salary has gone up a little bit and there's the super max and everything. And they're kind of now trying to prevent basically like the three man super three, three super three man super. Yeah. So, and now it seems like we're going back to like more of my era and you, you know, of like you get two basically. And so it's like an NBA jam kind of thing where it's, and if you get a third, it's because you drafted them and then you have to let, and you probably have to let them go at some point. Like you don't, but like you could say like Houston has, you know, Harden and Westbrook and the Clippers basically have, you know, Kawhi and George and they have good depth, but, those are the two stars. But and the Lakers Clippers, have two stars. I mean, the Clippers are staring at a really gross financial situation coming up. Like Trez's contracts up. Lou Will's on a great contract. His contracts up. Like those are two super important guys for them. And yeah, we'd assume that you know Paul George and Kawhi Leonard will figure it out with other people. But like that's one of the reasons why the Clippers are great because there's just no drop off. Like you can win games if Kawhi doesn't play, and that's the same reason Toronto was really good last year, and they're still good. But nobody's really looking at Toronto as a title contender. Like we just talked no, this whole podcast, I think they, they, and they could didn't lose get a mention. Early. Yeah, and so who think like, is there is there a team you think would flop? By the way, M- MTV Challenge co-host Dandrick Ellis, I mean Dondrick Ellison, my brother, criticized us and thinks it's ridiculous. Giannis is not going to win. Can't shoot. He's predicting flame out from Giannis. I just want that on the record. So I don't we'll think. Uh, I mean, I guess like that's because people think like a flame out as they lose in like the Eastern Conference Finals to Boston, and like I would be pretty disappointed if that was the case. Just in terms of how they've been I mean the two biggest flame out candidates to me like and I mean like real flame outs like it's Philly and Houston like if they implode and if things don't go well See, I, think, I, I don't I, I think they have the largest well I, I understand what you're saying okay okay fine I think fine. like I like look at a team like Denver like they but I think play Houston's that well better than Denver like I think Houston is better than Denver all right that's fine but if um if Denver currently the three seed loses in the first round that'll feel disappointing Will it feel disappointing? I don't think so, man. I don't think so. I really what if don't. New Orleans knocks off the Lakers? Come That'd on. be amazing. That would be. If, I, I guess if you're asking me of the teams like in the top three, like the top six teams, I guess in the league, if you will. I mean, Toronto for me is definitely worse than Boston. I, I think it's hard to say that because they play better. But like, if you just look at the totality of like Boston's roster and their their collection of guys, like I think Boston's better. So Toronto would be my pick in the East, and then in the I mean in the West it would definitely be Denver. Right? There's no other option. Like I just don't. I, I mean, the Lakers, I guess, could lose. Like, maybe Anthony Davis gets hurt, and then they just lose. And that's Yeah, I think the Lakers sucks. are more of a lower floor than the Clippers. Like, I don't know how the Clippers would lose. Yeah, I agree with that. That's what I'm saying. That's why you don't, want the, you don't want the seven seed. And even with an injury, like, you could probably not sustain Kawhi or Paul George. Like, that would be very difficult. But if any team could sustain something like that, it's that. It'll be exciting. I'm talking my – I mean, I'm getting excited. What's your excitement level, just to end the podcast? One to ten about the NBA restarting. 7.5. I think I'm very nervous about what happens if like the bubble is breached and I don't want public safety is, is I'm, I'm anxious about that, but I want to see games, man. I really do. It's going to be fun. All right. That's what good. about I'm, you? I'll say 7.4 just because our schedule has been so hectic with the baby and we haven't had an, if you have a nanny, anyone emails, Andrew Ellison at gmail.com. I'm just worried. I'm not going to watch as much as I want to watch, but I, in a vacuum, I'd be very excited. Yeah, I can understand that. The good news is you'll have a ton of time to, you'll have like literally a ton of time to like watch games until October. You know what I mean? You'll figure it out. You'll find yourself in a group. Uh, MTV Challenge accepted. The show's over. So is the podcast over till next year? I think we're doing one reunion show and then, or maybe two, but we're back with this. This is going to be my focus now, full force yeah. throughout the playoffs. Probably Mondays. And then maybe if some crazy stuff happens, we'll pick up maybe twice a week we'll, we'll see i you know i've got a baby too and he's kind of a nut job so uh but yeah email the show is andrew at gmail.com send your nanny recommendations he is at zan underscore ellison <laughs> on twitter and uh zan it's always fun being back man it, it, it's yeah, a pleasure it's good to talk to you and right, take care thanks for listening to the underdog sports nba show with your host tyler laurie and zandrick ellison tune in next week for more nba storylines and news 